Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the B-Roll Podcast. We are the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. My name is Chris. And my name is Anthony. Hey, Anthony, how you doing? Doing all right, man. Doing all right. Yeah. How are you? Uh, It's Monday, you know. Had to had to had to work after a uh, nice long relaxing weekend, but you know it is what it is. You know. Yeah. Uh, I've had a really long relaxing weekend for the last few months. <laughs> That's Does anyone know? I have Does... not been very relaxed. Has a podcast released your employment status? Have we talked about that yet? No, or... we haven't. No, we haven't. Okay. Well, then we won't talk about it here. <laughs> oh, sure. Sure. We'll just cut it. We'll just cut that. Uh... <laughs> I mean, I don't care. I got. I got laid off due to COVID two days before our first recording. In fact, I delayed our first recording <laughs> because I was like, mm, I'm not in the mood. Fair enough. I understood. And I still understand. So for the first time listeners and for any listener who has, for whatever reason, forgotten our format on our podcast, we watch sci-fi and sci-fi adjacent movies, web television shows. We've done a couple short films, but anything that's just straight to stream doesn't get a huge big theatrical release then we give our initial thoughts do a sometimes high level sometimes low level plot breakdown and then we give our final thoughts and ultimately decide whether or not what we watched is worth the price of subscription yeah our movie that we hopefully watched this weekend or the today not just while we're getting ready to record was a listener suggestion and we watched what happened to monday what so. did happen to Monday? <laughs> That's a good it's, question. It's a Monday right now, actually. <laughs> Both while we're recording and when this is released will be a Monday. Uh, ironic. <laughs> so what happened to Monday is, uh, I think it is actually a Netflix original as well. Sort um, of. Sort of. Yeah. It, okay. They own the distribution rights in our country. <laughs> and it was released theatrically in Europe and Asia, Netflix bought the streaming rights to the film for the U.S., the U.K., and Latin America, which is weird because if it was released theatrically in Europe, you'd think that would include U.K., but once again, they got to try to be separate. Uh, I just see where it premiered at the Locarno Film Festival. I don't have an actual release date. Well, look it up does, that it, festival. Well, it, well it, it does say that the... Okay, I'm just going to read the Well, the Wikipedia says August Wikipedia. 5th, 2017 at the Locarno festival yeah, and then august 18th in u.s streaming on netflix yeah. but yeah go ahead yeah. and uh do you want to read that that first paragraph on wikipedia I'll, yeah i'll do that uh what happened to monday known as seven sisters in canada france spain portugal italy poland slovakia <laughs> hungary bulgaria and japan can't believe you've listened to all those <clears throat> that's what it says man is a 2017 dysotopian science fiction thriller film directed by tommy Warcola and starring Numi Rapace, Glenn Close, and Willem Dafoe. It was written by Max Botkin and Carrie Williamson. The film was released theatrically in Europe and Asia, and Netflix bought the streaming rights to the film for the United States as well as the United Kingdom and Latin America. And the film was released on August 18th, 2017. So, which okay. part did you snicker at? Dystopian? <laughs> It's kind of di- it's dystopian. No, it's uh, I'm not laughing at the word. I'm laughing at how you said it. Oh, dystopian. Yeah. Is that how it's pronounced? No, it's not. How is it pronounced? Dystopian. Or, oh, fair enough. Whichever. Yeah, whichever. No, I'm gonna yeah. call it. Di- I thought you were doing it on purpose, so I snickered. And oh, then yeah. I go- I googled really quickly while you were talking how to pronounce dystopian because I wanted to be sure that <laughs> I wasn't wrong this whole time. <laughs> Like when I was a kid, when I was like seven or eight years old, I read Treasure Island, like an abridged kid's version or whatever. 
And I didn't realize it was island the whole time because it's IS. So in my head, I pronounced it Island. And I read that whole book like three. I read the book completely through three times before asking my mother what an Island was. Figuring out everything. Oh, it is yeah. dystopian. Cool. Yeah. Fair enough. No, you want good. me to say? You want me to read it again? No, please don't. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, you you got good. that? Uh, you got a blurb for me? I got that Imda blurb. Imda hit me with the Imda. In a world where families are limited to one child due to overpopulation. A set of identical septuplets must avoid being put to a long sleep by the government in dangerous infighting while investigating the disappearance of one of their own. That sentence, that's a long sentence. That is a three-line sentence. Uh, My Netflix blurb is, In a future with a strict one-child policy, six septuplets must avoid the government, or must avoid government detection while searching for their missing sister. Which I think is pretty, I think it's spot on. No, I think the blurbs are right. I think they're pretty good. They're pretty accurate, yeah. Fairly accurate. So apparently it was called What Happened to Monday when the script was written early on and then changed to Seven Sisters. And then when Netflix bought the rights to it, they changed it back to What Happened to Monday, which is why we have it as two different mm. names, depending on the country. Okay. Which is interesting. Very interesting. I always I find it interesting, you know, the uh kind of evolution yeah. of movies. How, how, how they're they developed, the that type of thing. Or whatever, yeah. Yeah, cool. Normally the person who suggests the movie is the person who opens. So we can give the other person a chance to actually give their initial opinions. But since we, that's not our situation, but I introduced the movie anyways, feel free to give me your initial thoughts, Anthony. Okay, all right. Uh, my initial thoughts are complicated. <laughs> okay. I think the movie, so the acting is, well, you heard who's in it. Yeah, you got Willem Dafoe being Willem Dafoe, uh, just fantastic. Numi, how do you pronounce her name? I believe it is Numi. Right. No, I'm sorry. Last name. Oh, Rapace. Rapace. Hmm. She's Swedish. So yeah. No. No. Yeah. For sure. I'm not. I'm just. Well, I'm just. I'm saying that because what I mean by that is I don't know how to pronounce a lot of Swedish words, and when we watched. Thor, which happens in Norway, but I mean the languages are similar. We've, I'm pretty sure we mispronounced a lot of things in that show. So it's Rapas. Rapas, oh. according to pronounceitright.com. All right. Uh, sorry, I wanted to make sure I got that right. She's a fantastic actress. Her performance as these septuplets, kind of playing off herself, was really, really good. Like I, I really, really enjoyed it. Glenn Close is. I mean, she does well. It's just weird. It was just a weird thing to see her in. I don't know. That might be just me. Uh, as soon as she comes on screen, I was like, what? But okay. They're all they're all fantastic. All the supporting actors are fantastic. It's very well shot. The action sequences are really, really fun. Really cool. Just the right amount of over the top for me. I enjoyed it. The movie's got some twists that I think it telegraphs from a million miles away. And uh, I, I, so, so those are all positive things. Lots of positive things. Good, good soundtrack what have you. I think decent pacing. It is, it is, as Chris would say, too long, but I think it has a good pacing with it. <laughs> My problem with it is I just don't buy into the premise at the, in the slightest, which didn't take away my enjoyment of the movie, if that makes sense. Like, I had to make several, I just feel like I had to make several like, oh, okay, I guess that's what is happening in the, in the overall world, that dystopian future. Excuse me, that dystopian future. 
and how it how it sets up the story. I just I have some problems with, but they weren't bad enough where I couldn't just ignore that and enjoy the action and the uh, the overall flow. So what? So what? The premise you said you had a pro, you had an issue with the premise itself. Yes. Okay. Do you want to give that premise? <laughs> well, I think we already. Oh yeah, sure. I'm sorry. <laughs> so the premise is GMO foods have cured world hunger, but have also somehow made multiple what do you, what do you call it? multiple births much more common twins triplets quadruplets in our case septuplets are very common now because of we've genetically modified our food and somehow that's changed our dna i don't know so they institute they don't really say it they're in europe so i don't know if this is worldwide or just european or what have you because they mentioned the european federation at some point which i guess is just the eu but in 2073 so in the year 2043, they initiate or they instate, they start a one child policy. So the first child born gets to do their thing, grow up, grow old, whatever. Uh, and all of their siblings are put into cryogenic sleep so that in the future, when we've got population, the population under control, they can be woken up, yada, 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 which is um, okay. It's whatever. But that's the premise. And so our main characters are born right around that same time. So this, and it's 30 years later. So our movie takes place in the year 2073. These septuplets who've been living in the same house together, pretending to be the same person. There's seven of them. They're named after the days of the week. And each, the day of the week in which they're named after, they're eight, they go out and are this person that they're pretending to be. Right. Willem Dafoe's their grandfather and, you know, is good in the role and only in flashbacks i guess he's it's presumed that he's passed in the, somewhere in those 30 years so i've given the premise are you wanting me to tell you what i didn't like about that premise like what are you well i mean this is your this is your spot for initial thoughts this so. is my no those were my initial thoughts i mean my biggest problem with the premise is is genetically modified food somehow impacting the human reproductive system and i guess yeah. it's a pseudoscience like well, there have I been studies and and studies and studies and the, the consensus, the scientific consensus is that GMO foods, genetically modified foods, don't impact the, uh, humans in any sort of negative health way. Now, there's other studies about how it impacts the environment, and there's a lot yeah. to unpack there. But as far as the human body, <laughs> it's just we are able to make more food or better food or whatever, or just different whatever. Uh, so I, I kind of, I think that's, I had a big problem with that, where... I think it's relying on that pseudoscience and that Facebook mom group type science <laughs> in order to set up his premise. And so I have a problem with it. Does it actually say that it in like, cause all I thought was the GMO food did was like, just like, since there's more food available, you know, people are healthier and I guess they're producing more children. Like no, I, I mean, didn't know. I, I didn't necessarily see it was anything about twin, like just more people, more children being born at once, but no, it's all in the looking, intro. It is more people being born at once as a result okay. of, and looking, well, we can double check it, but well, well, as soon as you mentioned it, I looked back, like in my head, I was re like replaying the scenes and it does make more sense. Yeah. Well, it's interesting is, so I dated a girl whose mother was a twin and I don't know how many, I don't know if you know any twins, a few, but from what I understand, and if I'm saying this wrong, please correct me, internet. The ability to have identical twins is not like a genetic thing, right? Um, I don't. I like, always thought it was like it's a res, it's a recessive gene. If I if I'm understanding it correctly, it's a recessive gene to be able to be like to have identical siblings. 
the fraternal twins thing that's a that's a genetic trait where a woman releases two eggs at once because that's not a zygote splitting that's just two that's two eggs being fertilized at the same time right 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 so like i I just don't know enough about the genetics behind it so for me like it wasn't that big of a leap to understand that like for whatever reason the zygote splitting into more than one child is more believable to me i guess than women around the world gaining the ability to fertilize more than one egg at a time. Like that's like, Oh yeah, no, it's it didn't lose me there, I guess, but I don't I'm know. fine with the premise being that there's too like overpopulation is is another is a big thing, right? You're pulling from kind of current, I don't know. I just tying it to G, uh, to GMO foods is where I where I have a problem no, I got with you. it. I got you. I mean, that's that's the bonus of it being science fiction is it's not real. Uh <laughs> If it had been anything else i think i would have been fine with it if that makes sense all right so that was my and i some other there's just like i said just the general premise of it it reminded me a lot of equilibrium Mm -hmm. with with the regime and all that but like i said it it didn't take away from my enjoyment i just wish they had done something different no i got you yeah that's fair i'm sorry for upsetting all of the facebook mom groups out there that are listening (laughs) Like, do they, the, the group listens, like the episode yeah. comes out and they all just huddle around a single cell phone and let's do it. I like to think so. <laughs> For me, I, th- I, 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 my feelings are also complicated, but differently, I think. Uh, overall, okay. I, th- I, I liked the premise because it's science fiction. It doesn't bother me that something that doesn't have anything to do with GMOs affecting our birth, like birth rate. It didn't bother me at all because it's science fiction, you know, for the same reason why. Sure, but it's current it, pseudoscience, which I think. I mean, it's. It just happens to be a thing, right? So when it comes to, like I said, I didn't really have an issue with the premise. Uh, I didn't realize how adult it was until the scene. In fact, I like I paused the movie. Uh, (laughs) It's like, well, it's it's too it's too far. It's Sunday afternoon, and we can't pick anything else. (laughs) I think it's fine. (laughs) Would you consider that tasteful? Because I don't think it was anything gross or inappropriate like super inappropriate i mean it is tvma so yeah parents if you watch this movie with your children you know you there's a lot of do. violence there's a lot of cursing there's yeah. one sex scene are you asking about the sex scene no no i was just asking if you found it like to be like is there a difference between tasteful nudity you know what i mean like oh sure sure like, did the uh, did the did the scene exist did it need to be there it establishes a lot of information that we don't know it fills in the blanks in like it fills the gaps in i guess you should you could say for um it's hard to say they could they they would have had to written an entirely different scene so it's hard well, to they, say whether it's ne- no they, scene is necessary right well they, they i can't just, off my hand off the top of my head think of a better way to have done it well, well they could have just not shown sure no you're right you know what i mean no, you're right uh, they could have done it <laughs> yeah yeah now i had they, they could have you're you're right they could have done it very when differently the, like when titanic came out i had a teacher i don't remember which one it was but they told me that they went to go see it, and they they took their kids. And there's a there's a scene in which you uh, see what what's her name? She's a, Kate Winslet. Mm. You see her her breasts, and uh, I I didn't know that because I didn't I didn't see Titanic in the theater after that movie came out. Like the next Monday or Tuesday at school, like he spent like twenty minutes on it, and he goes, they could have just filmed her from the neck up. Yeah, but whatever. Yeah, uh, no, so I don't I'm need not to go here. into my. I'm not censoring art. So right, I'm not. <laughs> but it was just funny. Uh, in that conversation, it just it reminded me of that when I was watching it, and I was like, "Oh, sure, eh, I'm gonna you probably have didn't fun have to film editing this conversation." <laughs> I didn't say anything inappropriate. No, but you know, 
in in terms of dystopian science fiction, a lot of the times, I think a lot of people, when they see the word dystopian, they automatically assume that it's going to be either cyberpunk Hmm. or fallout, like post-apocalyptic dystopia or cyberpunk dystopia. After the AI rises up and kills us all. uh... Well, not even necessarily that, but I mean... This had some elements of what I guess you could consider cyberpunk, like in terms of the world being super connected, um, sure. a bunch of cameras everywhere. Well, that like, felt like a, it felt more like an extension of our current well, nanny I mean, state. You know, it felt sure. like it was trying to have a point. Well, I mean, there was there's political messaging in this movie. I just meant, yeah, yeah, yeah. in terms of the theme, it's cyberpunk-ish, cyberpunk-ish. Sure. But, um, not so much that it actually gets marked as cyberpunk in the Wikipedia entry. Yeah, I think cyberpunk has. I think the technology reminds me of cyberpunk, but the actual the actual culture is definitely not a cyberpunk culture. I think that's the distinction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because I mean, like they make cell phones for, like, with holograms on their hands, which I guess is the bracelet allows them to do that. Like it's all you, they scan the bracelet to buy stuff, to enter rooms, all that kind of stuff. So I like the theme of the movie i liked its presentation yeah I thought the camera work was great i thought all the action scenes were great funnily enough this movie on rotten tomatoes 58 percent rotten yeah by critics 67 yeah. percent average audience score imdb marks it as 6.9 and the median score is seven yeah that's the first time they've been like i mean i'd call that just as identical as it could get well yeah. without being identical i guess never mind <laughs> metacritic has it at a 47 percent. you mm. know what have you yeah no i was just uh i'm glad this was a listener suggestion because i don't think i would have seen it otherwise i have overall positive thoughts but yeah in terms of like what i feel conflicted about i kind of felt it was a little boring and, and, uh, mm. and okay and i'm not gonna say like boring because it was too long but i felt like there was just you were right there was a lot of stuff that you could i think i guessed what happened i want to say like 45 minutes in yeah, like kind of fairly, I fairly quick, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Not no. like not every story has to be a, a twist at the very end. You know that doesn't always work in Night Shyamalan. Hey, Let's hey, <laughs> you leave him out of this. Oh no, where are planets being invaded by a bunch of aliens whose only weakness covers seventy percent of <laughs> of the planet's surface? I actually really like that movie. <laughs> I did like the idea of world population being the issue. I mean, we, yeah. we a lot of turn like when we get a lot of science fiction, we're usually past the point where overpopulation has ruined Earth. Like we're either already seeding the stars, or we're getting ready to leave Earth, or we are dealing with that overpopulation while the world's overpopulated. I think it says it's twenty seventy three, and then after they institute this one child per family act. They show a chart later on where population drops, like a significant drop. And so like they kind of solved it, but they haven't really solved it. So, but yeah, that's like, that that follows the theme. Yeah. So, no, I I, uh, yeah. I, I liked a lot of, I had a lot of positive impressions of this movie. And when I, when I say things are boring, I think that's, that probably was just a like side effect of the action sequences and then immediately being followed up with just a bunch of people staring at computer monitors. <laughs> so you felt the I pacing mean, was a little odd? Um, it was not a brisk two hours and four minutes. That's all I'm going to say. Sure. Uh, sure. It was, or two hours and three minutes. Sorry. 
But yeah, okay. those are my those are those are my initial thoughts. Yeah, yeah. It, it, do you have anything to say about that? Any of the actors? Do you want to talk about? Any I think I've already. Or I think I've already mentioned the actors. No, I have something about the director of this movie. Oh, okay. Go right ahead. So Tommy Workola, he is a Norwegian director. His first film was a movie called Kill Buljo, which is a parody of Kill Bill. Hmm. Okay. Fair enough. He also made Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. Yeah, I saw that he did that. I've never seen that. Yeah. And then he also made a movie in 2009 called Dead Snow. The The film centers on a group of students surviving a zombie Nazi attack. Is, is that the one that has a sequel? I, I, I don't know. It had a budget of $0.8 million. It made 1.9. What, this movie or no, Dead no, Snow? No, Dead Snow. Oh. Dead Snow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and it, what's funny is it came out in 2009, and in Call of Duty, Black Ops came out in 2010 Hmm. so nazi zombies became a thing in the game black ops so i am blaming tommy workola for making nazi zombies popular and then making uh the call of duty series even more popular than it already was i think you're wrong i mean that's who i'm blaming (laughs) i'm wrong on what call of duty world at war came out when uh 2008 Oh, yeah, there were Nazi zombies in that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, there were zombies yeah. in that one. It was like an unlockable mode or whatever. All right. So I blame Treyarch <laughs> for influencing this guy to make Dead Snow. And there is a sequel to Dead Snow. <laughs> dead Snow. Red versus Dead. All right. <laughs> yeah. That sounds fun. Glorious. Oh, yeah, it's right there in this filmography. Cool. He, I just saw a picture of Tommy Ricola and Yeah, this is the most Norwegian-looking person I've ever seen. (laughs) The picture on IMDb is, like, of him with, I think, Jeremy Renner. (laughs) Oh, is it? Oh, that's not the picture I got. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Oh, I'm sure I could find a better picture if I Googled his name. But, yeah. Fair enough. All right, man. Uh, That was fun. Um... (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, the next part of our podcast, we'll actually do a plot breakdown. And we'll start with the opening sequence. Yeah. We get a lot of people talking. You see a lot of people moving around. Um, you get kind of a voiceover about the overpopulation, consumption of resources. So the EU has put into place some bioengineered plants that solve the food issue. But as we mentioned earlier, it complicates some birthing issues. We get a lot more birth defects. A lot more children are being born. A lady named Nicolette Kamen institutes a one-child-per-family law. And now everyone wears a bracelet that has their genetic information, I guess, stored on it. People sign up for this. Uh, if you have more than one child, they end up getting put into cryosleep. And we actually have, we see a commercial of a guy creepily convincing a child to get into his van, I mean, chamber. Um, and then... <laughs> He talks about how cryosleep is the future. So the idea is all these children being born now, I guess when they reach a certain age, looks like five to six to seven maybe, they get placed in cryosleep and whenever the overpopulation issue issue gets resolved, they will thaw them out. We actually cut to a bunch of babies crying. We see Willem Dafoe. Mm. His name is Mr. Setman. Yes, we do. The doctor's... Tell him, hey, we did everything we could. You know, if we had better equipment, maybe we could have saved her life. And he just states she knew the risks. And she also knew you wouldn't report her. I can't imagine giving birth. (laughs) I just can't. Uh, 
Have you ever passed a kidney stone? No, no. I'm told that it's like it, but really? again, but I don't know. No, <laughs> I somehow doubt that. But I, not just like with seven is you have to have a C-section, right? Like, how are you doing that seven times in a row? How does that work? I, I, I do believe multiple children being born at the same time is usually solved via cesarean section. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I just, I didn't, so. I didn't think about that when I was watching the movie. I'm like, heck yeah, there were complications. There were seven other people living in her. Ugh. It's too much. <laughs> so the doctor asks if he knows about the father. Mr. Setman replies, he doesn't know or there is no father, whatever. He's like, my granddaughter never told me. And then the doctor asks, have you thought of any names? And he just walks up to the window and says, well, there's seven of them. And then just points to each of them and starts naming off days of the week. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So yeah. I knew a girl named Sunday. It's kind of important to the plot that he starts with Monday as for the oldest. But I kind of hate him for starting his week on a Monday instead of a Sunday. <laughs> I mean, the work week starts on Monday. so Yeah. I like to sandwich my work week with days off <laughs> instead of putting them all at the end. We get a big word Sunday on screen. Boom. It's 30 years later. We see a, a black-haired woman joining a crowd. She's standing in line. You hear the loudspeakers doing the big propaganda push. She gets through a bunch of checkpoints. We see on a monitor that her name is Kay Setman. Then we get some sirens, a lady screaming about her child. A small girl is being pulled by a man in uniform to a van. Uh, one of the people in uniform gets his head cracked with a bottle. It's a very intense scene where this lady's daughter is getting taken away from her. We uh, we see Kay hey. Setman. Huh? Yeah, no, sorry. That, that guy who took the bottle in the head, he took it like a champ. I don't think he even hit the ground. The bottle break on his head. I think he falls over. He just he gets, stumbles, but yeah, he gets right back up. Yeah, which isn't how that works. You'd probably die. Yeah. Glass shards embedded in your skull. Kay Setman is shopping. She buys some kind of rat animal thing. She checks into an apartment building. The door The door guy reads her some poetry. She's like, it's beautiful. Did you write that? And he's like, nah, it's Langston Hughes. I already told you that. And she just goes, eh. And then it's revealed that she was puking in the planner last night but she feels so much better and she's like yeah well thanks gets in the elevator goes up walks in to a door after getting her eye well she gets her eye scanned walks into a room she starts getting ready for dinner and then there are six other people who look exactly like her sitting at a table yeah how did you feel about so they it's not just identical right they all have different haircuts they dress differently they tried to really separate the seven of them kind of give them unique personalities. Do you feel like they pulled that off? I think they were successful. Okay. I agree. Like, I'm just curious. Numi's performance is <laughs> in this movie. I actually thought was really impressive. Yeah. Because there's not six more of her. She's doing it all by herself. Are there not? Uh, and and I thought that the, because um, I don't know how they filmed it. A lot of the times, like in the, in the early days of having two people portray the same person on screen, what they would do is they would film it twice and then right. like literally splice the film together so it would show two people. But now with the advantage of modern technology, they could have just had her film each scene or like film the same scene a bunch of different times, you know. Put it all seven, together. It's probably a lot seven, easier to throw it together, yeah. Yeah, seven more times and then just use CGI to fill in the blanks. Sure, um, sure. The credits do have three or four different like body doubles, body doubles or stand-ins yeah. or what have you. Yeah. There's some small banner between them. The girl who's playing Sunday says, like, hey, they asked me about puking last night. What's up with that? And she's like, well, you know, I guess I had one too many margaritas. Ha 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 ha. Some of them give each other some guff. And then I found it really interesting. 
when I realized what was going on is they are, all seven of them live the same life just one day at a time. Yeah. Which has to be maddening, right? It's got to like, be difficult to keep all that straight. Well, so we see Mr. Setman teaching them that working together is the best way for them to succeed. Because if, if they find out, they will all be separated and only one of them will get to actually live. He breaks down a wall. He's making a secret hiding spot. They do a little hideaway drill where he blows a whistle and they all run, put some stuff up and then hide in a little mirror that slides in front of a wall. He's working on a bracelet that'll work for all seven of them. And then starting tomorrow, the next day, which is a Thursday, they will all go out on the day that matches their name. And in the house, you can be yourself. You can express yourself the way you want to be. You be creative. But when you go outside, you are all Karen Settler. And they're named after her mother. Yeah. Says you can't you can't tell anybody, anybody, that you're a sibling. I was really happy with that. I th- thought for sure that he was going to be a lot more authoritarian than he was. He's. I think he's, I felt that he was as authoritarian as he needed to be in the situation well, <laughs> but i don't know well uh, we, there's a scene coming up we'll we'll discuss this in more more depth but yeah yeah they go out into like they leave the house or they leave the apartment they go out into a bunch of crowd and she's understandably nervous or reluctant because she's never been around anyone else other than her dad or her granddad and her sisters so there's lots of jostling in a crowd they get at a checkpoint they scan her bracelet pops up with her name she gets to go to school and he says, hey, you are the one and only Karen Setman. After school, we have a meeting where they have to share every single detail that happened with their day or else there's no way that they could continue to live this lie, right? Yeah. You know, if, you get, if you don't tell somebody, hey, I met a guy named Jimmy and he was really, really nice and he gave me $20 and, and I told him I'd pay him back the next day. And then next day at school, they're like, hey, there was about $20. And you're like... What are you talking about? You know, Where, who's this guy, Jimmy? And how's he got money? Where is he at? <laughs> yeah, I need to borrow $20. Jimmy, look me up. So that's supposed to happen every single day. Every day after they get back home, they have a meeting. And then there's a moment where Monday says, why don't we just turn ourselves in? She argues with one of them, call it a repress. She calls it a, she's like, this isn't a life. This is a repressive regime. I want to have my own life. I want to have my own dreams. I want to have a relationship with a with a man or a woman. That's not just a one night stand. Everyone pitches in. They they have a really I wouldn't say good disagreement, but everyone brings up a lot of good points. This is the way we have to live because we can't live any other way. Well, it's not fair. Well, you know, life's not fair. Some we situations get, less fair than others. Yeah, we get a flashback to Saturday going to her dance recital. Yeah. And then someone sneaks out of the window with a skateboard. Oh. We So, you know, and we might have passed this point already. So I want to want to ask or want to bring up one of them has glasses. Yeah. And the others don't. Yeah. Also, when she's entering the apartment at some point, it might have been already what we've passed with Sunday or it might be a different point. She has to do a retina scan? Yeah. And retinas are I believe different between twins they're not identical because it's the blood vessels in your eyeball develop differently as you grow up because you have different experiences or whatnot i think i don't know i need to look i'm gonna look it up all right feel free i'm sorry no it's fine the little girls escaped with a skateboard and uh and uh yeah they're having their meeting no one knows where she is there's a knock on the door everyone runs and hides uh willie gets a gun he gets this big <laughs> i think it's like a 44 magnum yeah. Looks through the peephole. It's Thursday. He brings her in. She fell. Looks like she ripped off part of her finger. Yeah. 
That was gruesome, man. At first, I was like, oh, she broke her fingers. They're going to have to go to the hospital. And then when he's bandaging up her hand, I was like, that finger looks shorter than the other fingers. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, he's not going to break anything. <laughs> yeah. He proceeds to chop off all all of the like parts of all of their index fingers, which reminded me of uh, the, the Prestige. It's a pretty good flick with uh, old oh, yeah. Yeah. Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale where... Spoilers, Christian Bale is playing two different people who's the same, who's a set of identical twins. Man, yeah, you should watch that movie if you haven't. He loses his finger, and then the other one has to chop his other one off. (laughs) Right before he's about to chop off Monday's fingertip, Thursday, like she screams, I hate Karen Sedman. I wish I'd never been born. Yeah. And then on Monday. Fair enough. We get a big flash. Monday. One of them is vomiting. And then Saturday, who's the blonde girl, leans out of the shower and she's like, I bet that tasted better going down than it did up. <laughs> oh, yeah. She which, didn't eat because I think Saturday didn't eat any of the rat from the night before. Yeah. Which most things, you know, most things go down better than they come up. Right. We get a shot of Monday doing her makeup and she like touches the mirror and then it just points out all these things that she has to do. Like her eyes are bloodshot from drug use and lack of sleep. She's got dark circles under her eyes. She's got a blemish on her face that she has to cover up. When I, this first scene where this happens, I was like, well, that's kind of harsh, right? Then I realized it was way too late in the movie. And I realized, oh, they have to wear the same makeup and cover up their small imperfections from face to face every day so that no one notices they're different people. I don't know why it took me like an hour plus into the movie to realize that. I thought it was (laughs) just going (laughs) to... This movie sets unobtainable beauty standards. Exactly. I was like, well, that's messed up. And then I was like, oh, no. That, okay. But that's why she always wears the bright red lipstick and, you know, yeah. the heavy, the heavy-ish makeup. She leaves the apartment. She goes down the elevator and tells Eddie that he sounds like a broken, redder, a broken record with his Langston Hughes. She's walking up to another checkpoint. She gets scanned. The guy who's standing there who works for, I guess, the, C, the COA Bureau... Uh, C-A-B? C-A-B, yeah, sorry, C-A-B. The Children Allocation Bureau? Is that what it was called? Something like that, yeah. I don't know where I got C-A-O from, that's weird. The guy who's standing there tells her that she's the best part of his day, and I was like, oh, God. Uh, Yeah. We got a creep. We got a creep. And then on her, on the panel... He also, also like, do we need to do a full body search or something? Like, he's being creep-tastic. So the pan the panel that has her information says selected for questioning in big letters. And he's like, What's your name? And she's, you know, Karen Setman. And he's like, Are right, do you have any siblings? She's like, No. And he says, Do you have any contraband on you? And she says, No. And then he just leans in and says, Yeah, do I have to body search you? And I just have down here, Yuck. Ugh. Gross. Ugh. She gets to her job, which is at a bank. She gets into an elevator with a man named Jerry. And he's like, today's the day someone gets that someone gets that big promotion, huh? He just goes like off. He goes a little bit off where he talks about essentially toxic corporate patriarchy, right? That's essentially what he bit, does. Yeah. He's like, you know, I thought with a body like that, you would have slept your way to the top. But who would have known you were just, you know, frigid? Yeah. It's well, just, it's, just it's, the, it's, the, it's the gross. Dudes, the, the men in this movie, <laughs> their lives aren't exactly uh, yeah. the greatest specimens. Well, on the surface... <laughs> on the surface well in um, our initial yeah our yeah. Initial, yeah impressions are not great he tells her he's like you think you got any you thought you think you got everyone fooled here huh she's like i got no idea what you're talking about 
He's very creepy. And like right before the doors close, he yells out or he calls out like, I'm on to you. We cut to a clock saying it's midnight. She has not returned. They can't ping her bracelet. The GPS has been turned off. Apparently Monday has never been late for an after-day meeting ever. Huh. Tuesday gets ready. And this is a part where I actually put in my notes that I find it odd that they this is the look that they all agreed on, right? Like, yeah. whose decision was it to have long black hair that gets put in a ponytail? Why did why did they wear the same outfit every single day, which is the purple well, same same style of outfit, yeah. But right. it, that could easily be I don't know yeah, with the outfit. It's, it's, as far as the hair, I mean, it's the closest when the, in the flashbacks. It's the closest to their natural hair. Yeah, no, I just I wonder how they they came to that decision, like as a group, like you know what I mean, mm-hmm. like they're all just sitting down and be like, I want to grow my hair out, you know. I don't know. It is more feminine. To have the longer hair, maybe they're using it to because they talk about how well oh, we're getting the promotion. We have a client, like they're they're very yeah. much group on their job. Yeah. Uh, so maybe it has to do with that. It's also mm-hmm. the longer hair. Probably I, I don't know anything about wigs, but I would imagine a wig that makes you look like you have longer hair is much easier to do than a wig that makes you have shorter hair. Sure, and everyone's different. Not everyone wants to have long hair. Not everyone right. wants to have short hair. I just well, yeah, I found but it it's interesting easier if they're they... going to have a disguise to go. Okay, we'll yeah. all have longer hair because that way it all fits. Right. Yeah. No, like I said, I just I found yeah. it interesting that they came together and decided on this look. Sure. So Tuesday is very stressed, which is understandable. Uh, yeah. You know, one of their sisters is missing. She goes downstairs. Eddie comments that he, he's like, "Hey, I didn't see you come home last night." She's like, "Well, you know, I let myself in." She gets to the security checkpoint with no problem. She gets to work. They got the promotion. And then she asks her assistant. She's like, hey, uh, when was the last time you synced my tablet? She's like, oh, I did this morning. You know, you left so early yesterday to celebrate. She's like, well, where did I go? She's like, oh, you went to Harry's, your favorite bar. As she's leaving, Tuesday looks up and actually sees Jerry. And he's very smug. Yeah. Very, very smug. Very smug. And you're thinking, oh, man, I wonder if this guy has something to do with it. She heads to Harry's. And gets a pink beverage in a martini glass. And then... Do you think it was a martini? No. Because <laughs> there wasn't an olive in it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. She asked the bartender, what's up? She only had one drink. She really didn't drink it at all. She had a co-worker there named Jerry who was creeping on her. So she just kind of left as soon as she could. She's leaving and she calls. And she's like, hey, uh, Jerry was the last person that talked to Monday. You know, what's going on? She's like, well, you got to go talk to Jerry. She's like, I don't want to talk to him. She's like, no, you got to go talk to him. So she gets off the phone call. I guess she leaves the bar and then gets yoinked into a van yeah. by the uh, the CAB. That's such a weird... They have a whole bureau just for that. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I figure they would just have... Like, make it part of something else. But that's, I think them, the existence of the CAB is the one thing that makes me feel like... That reminds me of uh, Equilibrium the most. Like, we've... Yeah. Not only have we enacted these policies we're going to create a whole new i guess federal or this is this i wouldn't in america would be a federal level i don't know what you'd call this because it's the european federation or eu what have you yeah 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 a whole new uh agency just to just to do this (laughs) just to steal kids yeah why not we actually go to the bureau and then the the person at the checkpoint that talked to monday actually sees Tuesday getting like she's there and he's kind of confused. He's like, what's going on? And he tries to follow her, but he doesn't get very far. She gets put into a room and then Glenn Close shows up. And I had to pause it because I had to go do something. But when I came back, I was looking at Glenn Close's face and it almost for a second, 
I was like, that's not Glenn Close. That's William Defoe wearing Glenn Close makeup. <laughs> that would have been that would have been a good twist. That would have been fantastic. Her name is Nicolette Kamen. She's take the person off the who wigs. came Willem up with Defoe them. is actually playing all of the sisters. This whole movie is just Willem Defoe. Yeah. <laughs> this is the lady that instituted or came up with the one child policy. She knows everything. Tuesday's trying to keep up the lie, but she just can't handle it. You know, she's crying. They pull a knife on her and she's like, I work at a bank. I can get you lots and lots of money. As Nicolette's leaving the room, she's like, funny, that's what the last one said. Then the door closes and you hear her scream. Ugh. Scary. The others are now all de-stressing in their own way. One of them's doing computer stuff. Another one's doing her hair. Uh, another one is punching a punching bag a lot. Yeah, yeah. Men with guns are detected outside their house. Eddie, like his system is, it just says like malfunction or something. And then some guys walk in and he just sells, he just calls out residents or visitors. Uh, he gets shot and killed. And then, yeah, uh, that was confusing. Well, no witnesses. Right. Well, up to this point, I assumed that, oh, these are, this is a federal agency. They're sending people in. But as soon as they kill the doorman, it's like, oh, this is a completely different thing. <laughs> uh, and then after the guy shoots him, as he gets in the elevator, he just says, visitors. Okay. Yeah. It is revealed that they have cut out Tuesday's eye and they are using it to get into the apartment. Something you can't actually do, but yeah. <laughs> As they have entered the apartment, it is dark. Four of the girls are in their hiding spots behind the mirror. Thursday is actually looking around in a floor safe where Mr. Setman uh, went to get his gun. It's gone. That's yeah. weird. But these three guys, these operatives, that's what I'm going to call them, Know about the sliding mirror because they move some books out of the way, press a button, it slides open. Yeah. Now that you're saying that, that's a big clue, isn't it? Yeah. Like it was, it was <laughs> right at know. this moment. It was literally at this moment. I was like, Monday sold him out. Like it just, yeah. I knew it as soon as I saw the fact that the gun was it missing. It took me a little longer to look. figure it out. I'll admit. So they all get pulled out of their hidey hole from behind the mirror. Thursday has grabbed a crowbar and I guess she kills this guy because there's three of them and they only fight two of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, you get hit in the head with a crowbar, you're out for a while. You're good. Supposedly. It's never happened to me, but supposedly. Well, I think she hits him in the temple, which has probably put him down. Yeah. There's quite a ruckus. I think it's Wednesday is the athletic one who was punching the punching bag. She attacks the main guy, the one who shot Eddie. There's a pot of boiling water involved an iron they put up a decent fight but they kind of get outmatched and then this main guy is walking towards wednesday and he has a knife in his hand looks like he's getting ready to stab her we actually watch her put her foot on the refrigerator and i was like is she gonna knock this refrigerator on top of him but no she does something better she kicks open the bottom panel yeah which takes him out from his knees and he falls directly on top of his knife and i guess stabs himself yeah like in the neck it was that was awesome yeah i have here that yeah. he did not pay attention when he was getting his whittling chip in cub scouts because mm. they teach you well they're in europe they him. don't have cub scouts man so but he's at a disadvantage they have, they have the equivalent do they though yeah you hold your knife if, if you're holding a sharp object for anyone who's listening out there and you're moving with it hold it out to the side like the blade is literally facing away from your body so if you were to fall you wouldn't land on it yeah. Unless you're an idiot and immediately retract your hands underneath your chest to try to stop yourself. Then you might die. Thursday struggles with one of the remaining men. These guns are, um, I guess they're, they're grip or trigger sensitive to like your, your fingerprint. And this guy is holding his gun and she's struggling with him and he fires off a bunch of shots. 
And eventually she gets him to shoot himself in the head. Yeah. But one of the girls wow. actually gets shot in the struggle. She's gut shot. It's Sunday. She's crying. You know, she's like, I don't I don't know who I am. I don't want to die. And then we we get a scene of a bunch of young children in a room. Then we hear Joe, who's Nicolette Kamen's right hand man, and he says, I think we have a containment problem. And then she says well, I'm sorry. Sunday dies. I don't know if I mentioned that she actually. No, you dies. didn't. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, so and it should also Sun- say those children in the room—they're not just hanging out in a room. They're like in a—I mean, it's a locked door, a locked room. Yeah, they're being. I mean, this is con- this is the CAB. Yeah, this is where the siblings are being stored. Then she she talks about how she had a dream that that building exploded. Whatever he says, look, we got to put these guys on report. We got to let everyone know. But Nicolette says you can't do that. If it were to get out that seven siblings survived to adulthood i'd be ruined my reputation would be trashed this has to be off the books she like says we all, we have another problem anyways you got to deal with this guy and it's jerry and then deal with the remaining sisters uh i think thursday finds the or wednesday i don't know which one it is but they find the eye tuesday's eye and a bracelet now they're holed up in the house very scary uh, finding your sibling's eye yeah well the cool. one just died Two are missing. You have an eyeball for another one. Yeah. Or one of the so. two that are missing. Yeah, it's a lot, man. It's a lot to handle. We get uh, the word Wednesday on the screen. They surmise that the people who were coming after them weren't cab agents. And the reason why is because the entire apartment would be crawling with them if these guys actually were on the books. Wednesday, she's going to go after Jerry. She's going to find out what he knows. She refuses to put on any makeup. She doesn't want to wear high heels. I think she even comments on the fact that she hates wearing high heels and that stupid dress. And then one of them, I think it's Friday, puts a camera slash mic on her so they can see and hear everything. When she does arrive at Jerry's house, he says, you're cutting it close to her and she's confused. She doesn't understand. He's acting really strange. We get a shot of the outside of his house. There's a sniper looking directly at his window. Then he says, uh, I know all about your contract with Cayman. It's revealed that this is what he had on her. He he didn't know that there was more than one of them. He found out that she has, or that Karen Setman, the person that they are all pretending to be, has a contract with Nicolette. The contract is on his tablet. She wants to see it. He gets shot and killed. She's threatening him with a gun that she can't use this whole time. Well, he doesn't know that. Right, He's but just, I don't know if you mentioned yeah. it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She has a gun from one of the... Uh, the guys that broke into their apartment. She grabs the tablet, turns on the security settings, so all the the window shutters close, I guess the door locks. Lots of people are surrounding the building, and she's like, guys, I need an exit. I need to get out of here. And then uh, she's told that the front, the best option is the front door. Uh, well, she- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as the armed guards walk in the front door. Yeah, she's now in a bathroom. She looks around. She's the toilet, a cabinet, a sink, and the shower. I really, really and- liked that that view kind of that camera angle of her looking around the bathroom and assessing what she has. Yeah. I wrote it down. There are four agents split up and search the apartment. One of the agents goes into the bathroom and she actually starts to strangle him with the shower hose, which yeah, I probably would have used the like shower liner, not a hose. Oh um, yeah. So. But she was hiding behind the liner. So true. She did. And she doesn't kill him that way. She knocks his head into the, the toilet, the yeah. porcelain. Well, well, as they struggle, yeah, yeah. she's, smashes his head into the toilet his name is erickson he doesn't respond to his radio calls yeah i wonder Uh, why two of the remaining three like start moving in towards that part of the apartment and then she uses a razor blade and cuts this dude's finger off and tapes it to her missing digit (laughs) 
<laughs> and then the door opens and she guns them down. And then she guns down the last guy. She commits four murders. Well, that first guy might not be dead. First could be self-defense. I mean, they did she... enter her home without a warrant. <laughs> without declaring their uh, police. There was a no-knock raid in which they killed her sister. So, I mean, yeah, I'd call it self-defense. Sure. She uh, gets everything loaded up on the tablet to their system. Um, she jumps out the window and she's told that bedroom window, there's a trash container at, like at the bottom and the, <laughs> yeah. the trash should soften your fall. Well, which I laughed because um, I was like, sure, that's yeah, such a there, trope, but okay. There, there is no trash in that container. And so then I immediately laughed it. again because they turned that trope on its head and she's just, she had to have broken there. a leg. Right? Yeah. Just something yeah. or her spine. Yeah. Um, or both an arm. <laughs> she gets up. There's a great chase scene. She's running through a crowd of people. The crowd actually starts assaulting the team that's chasing her. Yeah, I have down here. Good job, guys. Fight the power. She almost gets hit by a van with Joe in it, who swerves just in time. But apparently he pulls up his tablet and he can track her. Sure. Well, um, the they have their bracelets on them all the time. I don't know right. why they, they have to use them to go around and go places. But by using them, they can be tracked by these guys. Sure. And I guess they don't quite know that these guys are... I guess they assume they're federal agents. I'm going to say federal again. We assume they're government agents, but they don't know for sure. Right. And then while this is all going on, there's a knock at the door of the apartment. It's the agent from the checkpoint on Monday. He's like, hey, man, I noticed you changed your hair. She's like, well, I'm trying something different. And then he says, I tried calling your job. And, you know, I'm not supposed to call, but they said you were sick. I hadn't seen you. And then he, he invites himself in. They walk around a little bit, and then he starts touching her very suggestively. Like she's yeah. like he's she has being very showing. forward. Yeah, and then he puts his hands around her throat and starts kind of choking her a little bit. And then she just says something very simple: "Please don't do that." And then he immediately stops and's like, "Whoa, whoa, wait! I thought you were into it." And uh, and like that that because everything up to that moment, I was like, "They're gonna have to kill this dude. What is wrong with this guy?" <laughs> And then it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. It so all clicked. she walks into the closet. She doesn't know who he is. The other two don't know who he is either. One of them has to have been seeing him. Apparently Thursday's like, well, you got to go with him. You got to find out, you know, who he's dating. And she's like, well, I, th I think he wants to sleep with me. And then Thursday tells her that, well, I bet you know some tricks. Uh, and it is revealed that Saturday has not been with anybody, which is that's OK. Yeah. But she puts on a dress and leaves with him. They cut back to Wednesday, who's still hiding in an industrial area, and she pipes a dude. Yeah. I think it was Wednesday in the factory with a lead pipe. That's who murdered <laughs> that guy. Uh, she runs up to the roof. There's a big jump uh, that she has to make to get to the other building. Thursday psychs her up. She's like, yo, man, you've been training for this your whole life. You either get shot or you die falling to your like you fall to your death or you get shot either way you know you, this you have is your one best chance. chance yeah yeah and so she takes off running and she looks like she's about to actually make the jump and then joe pops open the door looks at her and shoots her yeah from the other and, where she's jumping to yeah the, the opposite building yeah and it looks like she was gonna make it i thought she was gonna well she still kind of made it yeah he she, shoots her knocks her kills some of her momentum and she still lands like arms over the ledge and then he walks up and then just puts one in between her eyes. So not only Dang. so her options were to fall to fall to death or get shot to death, and she chose both. <laughs> Good she for chose. her for taking what life gave her and yeah. just maximizing it. <laughs> you know, if only we could all be more like Wednesday. Yeah, all decisions are important, but this one was not a good one. 
snowball. Yeah. Now we're back at the apartment Thursday and Friday are getting gassed. These guys are shooting in canisters, uh, what appears to be some kind of smoke or tear gas. And then, <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. I, I skipped ahead a little bit. Yeah, I skipped way ahead. So we cut to Saturday walking into this guy's apartment. She sees a picture of one of them and him together. And I have here that it looks like they're going to hang out. I immediately was like, oh, she saw that picture. She knows that it's Monday. And it, four minutes later, I was like, oh, wait, no, they would all look the same when they were. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only the only person that she could be sure of isn't dating this guy is her. Like, Right. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, the three of them. Um, three out of seven. Well, I mean, they could be lying. Yeah, I don't think that they even. I'm just saying. Can't, uh, but obviously they weren't. So Thursday and Friday are looking at the contract. The contract was executed the same day that they got their promotion. It's fishy. But only Nicolette has signed that contract. And then we uh, get our very adult scene, which, oh, yeah, I should mention. So before they actually, before Saturday left, Friday handed her, or she inserted like a, it looked like a SIM card into her bracelet, which once their bracelets would get paired, would allow them a backdoor into the cab servers. So while they are... Uh, engaging in their activity she does a bluetooth pairing real quick and syncs their bracelets <laughs> up yeah uh, uh that's a pretty big security hole yeah. if you can pair to a device without that other device having any say well he's distracted sure uh, <laughs> sure it's thursday they've hacked into the the, the system the cab servers they're looking at the cell block with that which has all the people who are being held for processing they go through a bunch of cameras, and eventually they find one of them leaning against a wall. And they yeah. they figure it's her because, or figure it's one of them because it's an adult, and all the other people in here are children. Or people well, they say that's there. Monday. Well, I think they say that could be Monday. I think that's what they say. We cut to, this guy's name is Adrian. I had to look up in the credits to find out what his name was. I think they, so, yeah, I don't, it's just dude. I just thought yeah. of him as dude the whole time. <laughs> They're laying together in bed. His alarm goes off. He's like, yo, man, I got to go to work. She's like, no, don't leave. And then he says, there's a big event tonight at the bureau. Cayman is going to put, you know, announce her bid to join parliament. And she asks him, you know, really a good question. She's like, why do you work there? He says, uh, what do you mean? She's like, why Why would you take these people away from their families? And he says, have you been to the lower, the lower levels? A lot of these people live in terrible conditions. You know, we're doing them a favor by getting them in cryo. He says, look. I know we talked about this, but I want to see you every day, not just Monday. And then that's when Saturday realizes what's going on. She calls Wednesday and Thursday. She's like, hey, they've been seeing each other for months. While she's on this video call with them, she hears the door open and she turns around and three armed men walk into this apartment and they shoot her in the back of the head. Yeah, man. They don't even let her finish saying I love you on the phone to her sisters. Very rude. Very rude people. Back at the main apartment, there's an assault on the control room. <laughs> they, I knew I'd get a gaff at you for that one. They shoot a bunch oh, of tear gas no. canisters, break a bunch of windows. Uh, apparently, there's a secret exit, which is just a bunch of uh, wooden slats preventing a wall from falling down. Uh, is, is, you call that a secret exit? I think she created yeah. a new exit. <laughs> well, yeah, no one else knew about it. It was a secret, right? Sure, sure. <laughs> They go out the back, they head down the fire escape stairs, but right when Thursday hits the ground, Friday pulls the ladder back up, and she just runs back inside the apartment, and I was like, what is she doing? When they were getting, you know, gassed or whatever, Friday was trying to upload all of their 
their information to something. You know, it's their life. Their bracelets you know? or what have you. Yeah, all yeah. their pictures, like if, everything. If they lose these pictures, it's like none of them ever existed. But while she runs back in to do that, she shoves a bunch of aerosol cans into a microwave and pulls the stove out, rips the gas line. Yeah, she only then... gave herself one minute on that <laughs> microwave, which felt... I mean, it ended up being timed perfectly, and maybe she's yeah. just that smart, but I don't know, man. She uh, calls Thursday, and he's like, hey, look, I loaded everything up onto your bracelet, and then there's a big explosion. And the explosion happens, like, right when this armed team is about to enter the apartment. And so I thought all of these people died, but apparently yeah. Joe doesn't die. Joe gets whatever. thrown back from an explosion and has no <laughs> injuries whatsoever. Yeah. That well, is a little... Yeah. yeah. Oh. Adrian arrives for work. He's at the bureau, and then, like, as he's getting out of his van, there's a call because of the explosions, and it's at Karen's address. So he hops back in his van, and he rushes back. He sees Friday's corpse in a body bag, mm. and he gets very upset, which is fair, you know, is his lady. And I found it weird that, like, no one stopped him or was trying to figure out why this guy was there trying to look at the body or the, the corpse of these people that they've been searching for like no one well i think no one the, the head guys know him. that he has a relationship and i think that part of monday's deal is that he's safe or what have you do they know yeah because they went into his apartment and killed the other one yeah they could have just been tracking her you know, maybe i don't know i felt I like know. it was a big i thought it was a thing i was like eh, okay whatever but who knows maybe that's on the cutting room floor somewhere yeah who knows he gets back into his van and then Thursday is waiting for him there with a shard of glass. And uh, he calls her Karen. And then she's like, you sold us out. He's very confused. He's like, no, no, no. I saw her. I saw her body. And then she's like, no, that's not that's not the person you think it is. And then he shows or she, he has shown the video of Saturday getting shot. Thursday's like, look, if you really love Karen, you'll help me save her. And so he's like, OK. He's like, what's your plan? She's like, well, I am the plan. Fair it's enough. actually a pretty good plan. Yeah, they uh she's in the body bag and they get into an elevator and then we see a scene in which a little girl is being put into cryo sleep. The nurse walks up to her, gives her a little shot in the arm and then she gets put in the cryopod. And then as like a, what you first think are jets supposed to be popping or hitting you with some super cooled gas. She actually gets incinerated. Yeah. Uh, and I did I, not I, see that coming. I said some, I said some profanities out loud, which were loud enough to wake up my wife from sleep. And uh, I was like, wow, 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 yeah. wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a big uh, change. That is a big change. <laughs> that was a twist I did not see coming. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Uh, good job, Tommy. Um, <laughs> or the writer, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, he had to direct the scene, right? So the nurse. Well, it's not that big of a, I mean, it's a pretty easy twist to direct. All right, guys, we're not going to show them like the children on fire. And then later in the movie, <laughs> we are gonna we are going to show them like the children on fire. Yeah. Well, uh, so the, the whole time this is being done, Thursday is recording it with her bracelet because apparently these bracelets also have cameras in them. Yeah. I mean, it's a replacement for a cell phone. So that makes sense. The nurse pulls over Thursday's bag and opens it. And then she's like, I thought you said there was a fire. She's kind of confused. And then Joe opens a van and we see a guard who's tied up in what looks like Friday's corpse. Then Thursday opens her eyes, kicks the nurse into the chamber, starts the cryo, quote unquote, cryo sequence. <laughs> yeah. And this this lady's screaming. She's like, let me out, let me out, let me out. Like, nah, nah, you got to go. You got to go, lady. Adrian ambushes the two guards that are, you know, watch, you know, 
on watch. Thursday manages to get the final nurse out. Like he, she drugs him or something. Yeah, she hits him with the same thing. They uh, find the cell that they think Monday's being in. They bust in there. It's actually Tuesday because she's missing her eye. Mm. She's and still then, got her wig on, so they mistake. They mistook her. Mis- yeah, mistook. Is Mis- that the word? Mistook. Mistook. M- mistook yeah. it. Yeah, because mistake, take, took, mistook. Yeah. yeah. All right. That sure. Yeah. Great it's job English language it. for getting it right once. They like where's Monday, and then actually we see Monday walking into Caven's office, and <gasps> the jig is up. Uh oh. Right. Ever the cat is out of the bag. What other cliche can we use there? The eagle has landed. Elvis has left the building. (laughs) There's more than one way to spill the beans. Thursday looks over, sees (laughs) the... How do you... Name two ways to spill beans. In a can and in a bowl. Oh, that's not... That's not different ways of spilling. They still spill the same way. With your hand and with your elbow. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll see see the point. (laughs) We'll move on. Thursday looks over and sees... You know, the dress and the purse. And she looks at Tuesday. He's like, give me your wig. What? Give me your wig. Ah. So she's going to impersonate Monday, apparently. Doesn't she know that time moves forward? Can't go back. So Cayman. Shut up. <laughs> Cayman and Monday are talking. And she's like, you know, I can't believe, you know, uh, with this big push to parliament, we'll get everything taken care of. And then Monday's having trouble signing the, the uh, contract. And Cayman's like, look, if you're having second thoughts, just let, I'm going to let you know that I kept one of your sisters alive as collateral. So, question. Yeah. So, Monday is the quote-unquote oldest, right? Like, she's uh, born first. That's my assumption, yeah. Right. So, how do they decide? Is it just based on who's the oldest? All the other siblings are the ones who get put into quote-unquote cryo? Yes, that is. Okay. That's what Wikipedia says. Oh, is that what it actually says? Yes, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, that makes sense, um, I guess. I don't know. Well, how do they know that she's the oldest? I don't think it like, matters at this point. Well, I think that's what Cayman brings up, is she's like, look, if you double-cross me, I have one of your siblings as collateral. I'll just lie and say that they're the oldest, and then you have to go into cryo. Right, like, right. That's what, like, I was like, oh, okay, cool, she's got leverage. Well, I don't think, like, I don't think it matters whether or not the other sibling's the oldest or not. There's no way to prove it one way or the other, so they just pick yeah. one in this case. Yeah, no, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying, like, that's what I meant, like, that's how important that is, that they can't prove who's actually oldest. Thursday, dressed up as Monday, is going to go to the party. Say dressed up as Monday, I guess it is, but it's more dressed up like Karen. Yeah. Cayman is going to be giving a speech in about 15 minutes. She tells Tuesday and Adrian, hey, break into the, the server room, the data center, whatever, um, and then play this when she, like after or when she gives her speech. So that's exactly what Tuesday and Adrian do. They uh, break into the data center. They lock the doors. Joe shows up with his team. There's a big gunfight. Yay. Monday and uh, Thursday find each other in the bathroom. Monday has that big old Magnum revolver. We cut back to the server room. This action sequence, um, I guess sequences, uh, I actually thought were really well done, like how it oh, yeah. juxtaposed and jumped between the two. Like nothing gets resolved too fast one way or the other. Yeah, that's a pretty uh, good set of ruckuses. Yeah. Uh, Joe is like, whatever you do, keep her off away from the servers. And then they immediately knock the servers over. I don't think I don't think Hollywood understands how servers work. No. Once you push them over, they stop working. Yeah. <laughs> so they push them on top of Adrian. Monday reveals that she had made a deal with Cayman. Um, the whole thing. She's like, I wanted my own life. You know, uh, I, it, everything spiraled out of control. I didn't know that they would hurt you guys. Thursday's like, look, everyone but us is dead. Cayman starts giving her speech. She announces that she's going to run for parliament. This is the scene where I noticed that Glenn Close and William Defoe kind of look like each other. 
Like that's why I, that's why I was making the joke that it's just it's not actually Glenn Close. It's just William. It's Willem Dafoe. Yeah, makeup. Yeah, Adrian manages to keep Tuesday alive during this time. You know, Cayman talks about you know we solved the problem. You know, I wish everyone could be here. Blah 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 blah. And then during a scuffle between Monday and Thursday, there's a gunshot, and then both of them like are in shock. Yeah, it's, it uh, lingers there for a moment. You're not sure which one got shot. Yeah, Adrian kills. The two people left in the server room besides Tuesday, or I'm sorry, besides, yeah, it's Tuesday. And then when Kanan finishes her speech, they upload the video and it actually shows the girl being put into the cryopod and Kanan realizes what's happening. I mean, and then the, it shows the incinerator. That, Let's just, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then it does show her getting incinerated. Everyone, everyone freaks out. Everyone's in shock. Yeah. She quote unquote faints, but then doesn't faint. <laughs> and then she runs over and rips off thursday's wig because thursday is in the crowd but we don't know which one it is yet and right until this moment when she gets her wig ripped off and then she tries to choke her screams at her what have you done monday appears in the crowd with the gun she points it and i don't know if she was pointing it at thursday or at Cayman. either um, one i imagine yeah well they're both standing kind of next to each other yeah joe shoots her kills her well he shoots her then joe gets shot in the back a couple times by adrian we run over to Monday. She's on the floor. She's breathing really hard. And we get a flashback to of her getting her finger chopped off. And Terrence, William Defoe, tells her, I need you to be strong for your sisters. And then he cuts that fingertip off. And she screams out for a second. She wakes up, goes to his room, and he's just crying in his bedroom. And he's like, look, I, I'm sorry. I just, I'm trying to protect you all. You know, I'm sorry I cut your finger off. Yeah, a little remorse there. That's nice. Well, no one wants to do that, but you you do what you do to, you know, You got to do what survive. you got to do. That's yeah. what you got to do, bro. Monday and Thursday are, you know, they're holding hands. Monday, you know, she's like, whatever you do, don't let them take them. Don't let them take them. And Thursday's really confused. And then she realizes that Monday's pregnant, which she got shot in the side. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the logistics. Monday's um, a horrible person. <laughs> so as a preview for my... <laughs> Post plot breakdown. Adrian and Monday cry together. Tuesday shows up. Monday dies. We get a news broadcast. The CAB Act is being repealed after planetary wide rioting. Cayman gives like Cayman's about to go into court for the last time, or you know, it shows like underneath her face that the she's facing the death penalty, and then she gives some speech about how she helped save the world. I did what I did to help, you know, everybody take a look around. This is the planet that you've ruined. Like, you killed millions of people, lady. <laughs> but she does, uh, and I'm going to say this, it is going to sound weird when I say it, but she does bring up a good point, which oh. is who's going to make the hard decisions or the hard choices. And that's that's How like How is um, she even giving this speech? Isn't she, she's arrested. They're like, oh, she faces the death penalty. Like, how is right. she addressing the public? And even if well, she was able to address the public, what lawyer is going to let their... <laughs> their client address the public like that shut the heck up man yeah um but i mean she it's an interesting point that's brought up in a lot of science fiction you know in a lot of stories in general but the hard choices right like who's gonna step up and make the hard choice because this lady was she was a hero right and maybe maybe there actually was you know cryopods but they ran out of room or they ran out of funding so they turned around and started incinerating them all i don't know i don't know Um, so yeah that's the well, end of the movie. That's not quite the end of the movie. You want to wrap it up and then yeah. we can break that down. Yeah, I was going to say, let's finish it. We cut to some twins, it looks like, in a test tube. Or a, not a test tube, but a, a, 
what are these called? Test tubes. It's not really a t- anyways. Back to tanks. Yeah. They're yeah, in a back to tank. Yeah. 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 So they are being, you know, gestated, I guess. Gestation tubes. That's what it is. Adrian and Tuesday and Wednesday are all standing there. Tuesday has a brand new shiny eye. Adrian looks, he's talking to her and she says, oh, but I'm Terry now. And he's like, oh, okay. And he asks Wednesday what her name is now. And she just says, Karen. We kind of zoom out a little bit from the tube with the babies in it. And we see more babies. And the crying just gets louder and louder and louder and eventually fades to black. Yay. After our plot breakdown, uh, we give our final thoughts. This is usually where we determine whether we liked the movie or not. And then uh, we decide whether or not it's uh, worth the price of subscription. So, Anthony. Yeah. Did you like this movie? Yeah, sure. All right. As an action movie, it's not bad. It's not a bad choice. I think it's a solid six out of ten. It's just these big glaring plot holes, or what I would call plot holes. We already talked about the one at the beginning with the GMO foods, but how many people are involved in murdering these kids? Lots. <laughs> too many, right? Like, like way too many people are involved in murdering these children for no one to know about it. Well, and I Adrian that the the guards that are stationed in front of the pod and the nursing staff. So whoever works in the below in the basement, because this you probably would have to have this in the basement, right? Because you can't oh, I don't do know. it like on the second floor. It probably um, takes up more than one floor because like the incinerator goes into the ground and swaps out with another one. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. either got a basement below it or it's taking up multiple so, spaces. Yeah. Yeah. If there's 365 days in a year, this thing's running 24-7. I would assume that you would have, let's say there's, there's two people that are in there at a time. Let's right. say they work eight-hour shifts. So that's six. They probably rotate. They probably work four days on, three days off. So it's probably three shifts of six. Well, they only had one child in there at a time, it looks like. And the two guards. So Adrian takes her back there and he apparently sees this happen for the first time. So any of the guards could have just walked back there and been like, oh, I want to watch it happen. Oh, look, they're killing kids. (laughs) Like, you know what I'm saying? I just feel like I was like, there's no way this is a secret. There's By the way, no I'm not way. laughing at them killing kids. I'm laughing at the plot hole. That's yeah. That's what I'm no, I'm at. laughing also at the plot hole. <laughs> 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 no, it's just it was a bit much. It was a bit much. Like I loved that twist. I was like, oh dang, but um, realistically, nah, dog, nah. <laughs> All right. And you think Monday is a horrible person, right? Oh yeah, dude. She sold out her siblings. She was like, hey, kill all six of them. Here they are. Here's millions of dollars or how much ever money it was. Go ahead and kill them. We're going to be cool about it. She's a psychopath. <laughs> well, it, so Monday's a big problem for a lot of reasons. One, well, for one, um, she got she started a relationship with someone who works at a place that is dedicated solely for the sole per- dedicated solely to the purpose of catching people like her. Right? Yeah. And. <laughs> Two, doesn't tell anybody that she's in a relationship. Three, yeah. is pregnant and still doesn't tell anybody. I just like, now realized that she was she had morning sickness at the beginning. I thought it was nerves from about to sell out her family, but no, she didn't actually care about that. She just had morning sickness. <laughs> All right, sorry. When, when, when did she have morning sickness? She throws up a whole bunch before she leaves that morning. Monday no, does. No, that's a different girl. No, that's, that's mo- Tuesday. No, Monday does. Because they make the comment about, oh, that rat that doesn't... But it doesn't no, taste as that, good coming that up. That was Tuesday. All right, man. Are you? Sh- I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it. You're wrong. Am I? Am I wrong? Yes. 
Yeah, because she's nervous about the presentation. It's a whole bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tuesday's obviously very nervous as well, but yeah. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I'm wrong. That's cool. We'll never talk about say, that again. Say, no. say one more time. <laughs> say one more time for me. Do it. Do it. Do um, it. Yeah. No, Monday. Awful, awful human being. Absolutely Terrible. horrible human being. But I'm at, like, so for the sake of argument, let's say she gets into a relationship with this guy, right? Okay. But instead of not lying to six other people whose lives are at stake, she actually just tells them that she's in a relationship with him, right? Right, right. So think about the ramifications of one person having to be in a relationship with seven people. Yeah, no, that I don't think you can do that. There's no way you like, can do that. Yeah. <laughs> but I just wonder, like, how, like, if, they, hey, let's try it, and then it just fails. Well, they might have tried it at one point, or I honestly, yeah. I don't know how the fact that she got pregnant as well is a whole nother level of selfish. Yeah. No, no yeah, honestly, even that, if she yeah. wasn't getting in a, in a relationship, a steady relationship with somebody, and she's just doing whatever, getting pregnant is a big, big no no. Yeah, for their then situation, they all would have had to gotten pregnant. <laughs> yeah, Man. they all got pregnant. Yeah, yeah but like by the, the same I wonder person, if... I guess, so that all the children. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if Adrian dating all seven of them is like like the slapstick comedy like side universe story that we'll never. What get. was that movie? Multiplicity. <laughs> with, with a, is this just Michael a serious Keaton? version of Multiplicity? <laughs> Is that what this is? Oh my goodness! Well, he, I thought oh, those no. were clones. They were clones. They were clones. But yeah. <laughs> we gotta have oh, Mikey, no. Mikey Keaton reprise his role. Well, yeah, I did like it. Do yeah. I think it's worth the price of subscription? Eh. As far as dystopian thriller action movies go, is it better than Children of Men? No, I've never seen that. It's pretty good. Mostly because I have a I have a friend, a, a mutual friend of ours, who just gets upset every time he learns that I've not watched that movie. I'm like, yeah. I feed off that. Is it the friend that I'm thinking of? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I got nothing else. Yeah. I think so, it's pretty straightforward. Um, I really appreciate the suggestion uh, coming in. What, I also probably would not have watched this or thought to have picked this if it hadn't been a, uh, a listener suggestion. So very, very cool. Do you think Do you think the title works better as What Happened to Monday or Seven Sisters? I think What Happened to Monday works a little better. It kind of sets it up as a mystery, which it is a little bit. While Seven Sisters is just descriptive, right? It doesn't okay. it doesn't mean anything. I don't know. I think what happened to Monday, I like it a little bit more. It's a little catchier. So yeah. I don't know. It's interesting that they changed the name back, you know, back and forth or what have you. So um, I don't think we talked about it earlier, but we don't. These are movies that we've never seen, right? Yes. These are movies that we do as little research as possible. So I don't read the blurbs before we watch movies. Usually. Very, very rarely. Yeah. And so when it was suggested what happened to Monday, I thought there was like an, I thought it was like going to be a time thing, like a time travel thing. Mm. <laughs> and then when they started talking about overpopulation, I was like, oh, my expectations. Are so completely my shattered. brother had recommended this movie to me a whole bunch like a year ago, mm. two years ago, something like that. So I knew it was about a future where you couldn't have siblings and there's these this person has seven children or seven like he he would have said seven twins where they have seven tuplets uh <laughs> and they have to like figure you know and one goes missing and i was like yeah but in my head that sounded so dumb because yeah cool you have a one child policy but if you accidentally have twins you accidentally have twins what are they going to do kill the other kid and look where we yes. ended up <laughs> <laughs> the answer to that question is yes. The answer is apparently. <sighs> uh-huh. <laughs> Dude, 
So like those agents taking that girl away at the beginning, not knowing that they're taking her to her death. Like, how would you feel like you're, you're a, an agent in the child allocation bureau and you think you're taking the, you think you're doing the right thing, right? You believe in it. You're, you're taking these kids, you're putting them in cryo sleep. They'll, they'll have a better future later and we'll be able to get there sooner by doing this. And then it comes out that every kid you ever took or investigated and took and families and whatnot that you ripped apart, those children were killed. Oh, like every single person who works at that company, every single person who works at the agency is an accessory to murder. More like, well, I mean, you don't know, right? Not all no, of them have to know. All of, all of them. All of them are accessory to murder. Well, that's what it goes back to the whole, like, there's way too many people involved like in this. The IT guys who work there are an accessory to murder. No, straight up. <laughs> the janitors who work there are an accessory to murder. Every single person involved is an accessory to murder. Yeah, fair enough. Fair <sighs> enough. Well, sorry that just that just came to me a little no, coda no, there yeah the, the the more ramifications are, are are deep in terms of the like in the universe right they're deep right. we see that the look on adrian's face when it is revealed what's actually happens in these pods like he is in complete shock right sure like i honestly I mean, i'm not sure i kind of <laughs> looking at his face i was like is he in shock he's not reacting but maybe he's just keeping it in i expected a little bit more honestly He's kind of in shock. I'm looking at his face right now. Are you? Okay. I find his face hard to look at, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> Fair enough, my friend. But I think that'll about do it for me. You know, we want to thank everyone for listening. I don't know about Anthony, but for me, the best part of this podcast is being able to, you know, record with my bud and then just watching those episodes propagate on the different aggregators. It's fun getting to know that I'm doing something that I'm contributing. I don't know whether it's good or not, but I'm getting to make my own art and I get to share with other people. Yeah. Speaking of sharing with other people, we always tell you guys that you can email us at sci-fiwiseguys at gmail.com. And we got another email. Awesome. We got it Sunday morning from someone who signed off as MR. Hey, MR, how you doing? What's up? They had some positive things to say about our podcast, which is always great. You know, we appreciate the feedback. We're just going to read a little bit of it. Mostly stuff about a movie that we recently, uh, well, not recently, we just released the episode, but they write, I had a draft of this email saved for a week or so, but when I noticed that you had an episode out about Spectral, a movie I was going to recommend, I knew I had to finish it and send it. Having a physics degree myself, I can say that the Bose-Einstein condensate depicted in the film is complete nonsense, but I think it's still better than the average sci-fi B-movie. When I saw it, I was genuinely surprised that they didn't resort to completely fictional science. Quote, oh no, it's made of dark matter. We have to hit it with a graviton beam, unquote. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. If I had a graviton beam and I came across some dark matter, I would probably put two and two together so i'm glad that they put me (laughs) on the right track (laughs) Uh, took a not so well known phenomenon at least outside physics circles and ran with it i really wish that more sci-fi movies took similarly inspiration from real science even if loosely instead of just recycling the same three buzzwords spectral manages to make a war movie about fantasy science uh, but it's still not stupid science and that i appreciate yeah yeah, I, th- I think that's something that we both agreed on. Neither of us know anything about physics or science in the um, clinical sense. Beyond high school, like, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> it was, it's uh, it's always fun to hear from people who actually know what they're talking about. Right, and, um, and that's the one, they had that article about that as well that we, that we shared. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that movie 
caused me to go and look up what that was, I would never would have heard about it or most likely never would have heard about it otherwise. So, I mean, I thought it was a fake thing. Yeah. No, me too. That's why I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Uh, so. That's why I looked it up. So even though it was not accurate or I would call kind of bad science, it did lead to some curiosity, which is, which is good. Well, that's the whole, I think that's kind of the point of science fiction is it's supposed to stir the mind and I mean, that's that's what, you know, all those people who watched Star Trek and Star Wars when they were little kids and grew up and decided to become astronauts, you know, hey, so. Yeah, yeah. But if you are inspired to go out and actually make one of those Aratari, stop it. Yeah, don't stop do it that. right now. Don't do that. There's some other stuff that MR put in their email, but um, it's way too long for us to read entirely on the podcast. So I think they also recommended another movie or two. Oh, they did. Yes. They recommended Arc or Circle. Both are on Netflix. If you guys have any other suggestions or you got anything positive or even negative you want to talk about, shoot us an email. Yeah, we uh, appreciate you it. Can always, you can find us on Twitter at B underscore Roll Podcast. And uh, we have an Instagram now, Sci-Fi Wise Guys. You can also join our Facebook group at The B Roll Podcast. You know, whichever your social media platform of choice is. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash B underscore Roll. Yeah. If you do decide to part ways with some of your hard-earned cash, you know, we would appreciate it. All monies collected from the Patreon go directly into funding the podcast itself, making it better, covering hosting fees, possibly new equipment, new software. I think that's about it. Did I miss anything? I don't I don't know. I kind of blank out when you're doing that, so I assume that you do it perfect every time. Well, I guess I do. So <laughs> But that about do it for me. That about do it for you. Yes, sir. All right. Well, we just want to thank everyone again for listening. Share it with your friends. Wanted you guys to know that 2020, it's a rough year out there. Uh, if, if, if it's in the future, 2021 or 2022, hopefully you made it through just fine. And just we want you guys to stay healthy, stay hydrated. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Know that you are loved by the hosts and its community. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Bye. I think they also recommended uh, Ex Machina. Well, they didn't necessarily recommend it as much as they found it strange. And I'm just going to read this from the email. I always find it so strange to see modern masterpieces like Ex Machina next to garbage like the Titan or Doom Annihilation. Yeah. I don't think we've watched. <laughs> I haven't watched either of those movies. I have not seen or all Ex three. Machina yeah. or the Titan. I haven't. I did watch Doom Annihilation. Yeah. And? No, no. I, no, no. I saw. No, no, no. I was going to watch Doom Annihilation, but I ended up watching the original Doom movie instead. <laughs> Why would you do? Okay. We'll talk about this later. <laughs>